I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Great things. Sing it again. I'm expecting. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting. I'm expecting great things. Hey. I'm expecting great things. Great things. Look at somebody and tell them and sing it. Hey. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting. Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Kim, for hosting this, I call it a camp meeting. Anybody camping out this week? Have you set aside this week? Have you made everything take a back seat? I was just in, uh, well, not just, a couple months ago, I was in Springdale, Arkansas, Marshallese Conference. 
I've been doing these conferences for 30 years practically. Pastor Jonathan's been with me on a couple of them. And when we were there in Springdale, there might have been 250, 300 people. This year is packed. And it's a big facility. Probably six, 700 people, and they're all standing in the back. And my driver, I said to him, I said, how's everything going with you, your wife and your family? Oh, good, good, good. How's your job going? He said, I quit. <laughs> I said, you quit? He said, yeah. They told me I couldn't come to this meeting. I said, wait a minute now. I got to go to this meeting. He said, no, you, you, you can't. We're not giving you this week off. He said, okay, I quit. I looked at him. I said, uh, so what you going to do? He said, God going to give me a word that's going to give me a better job. <laughs> now, I'm not telling you to quit your job. Faith Victory Church. <laughs> Eric, you can't quit your job, brother. <laughs> but thank you, uh, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Kim, for your gracious hospitality of just welcoming us like you always do. And every time we come, it's, it's, it's an upgrade. Pauline and her expertise and everything she does, it's just, yeah. And your praise and worship team's gone up to another level. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Glory to God. But y'all can sit down now. <laughs> uh. You good? You guys are good? Y'all might get me hooping if you stay up there. <laughs> Want to welcome all those that are watching online, Faith Victory Church members at Skip Church today. And uh, those of you TRM partners around the world, wherever you may be, and watching on the rebroadcast and so on and so forth, uh, we are having a time already. And... Uh, you know, God declares the end from the beginning. So, uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. And I am so wound up tight here. I'm trying to unwind a little bit so I don't go too fast. Uh, you know, you know what a pinata is? When we was a little kid, first time I saw a pinata, I think we were in Cub Scouts. Anybody know what Cub Scouts is? And uh, they showed me this pinata, and they said it was full of candy. <laughs> now, you got to understand, we didn't have no candy in the house. Yeah, right. 
We got an apple. We run we, at Christmas time. We run to the fireplace where our stocking was and it had an apple and peanuts in there, an orange, candy cane. Well, we every now and then, every now and then. But now, check this out. I saw that pinata. Mama ain't around. Give me that stick. Right? And they gave me the stick, and they said, wait a minute now. We got to blindfold you. I said, what you mean blindfold? I said, no, no, no. You got to hit that thing with a blindfold on. I said, well, put the baby on. That's right there. Now, what I didn't know, that what was right there wasn't going to be right there when I hit my Grand Slam home run. Right? And I'm just, all I can think about is candy. And they put that thing on. They said, you ready? I said, yeah, I'm ready. Nothing. Nothing. Right? And I found out later, they moving that thing on me. And, you know, I didn't hit it. None of the other kids hit it. And we all getting frustrated. So finally, they called me back up there and took the blindfolders off. Move that thing wherever you want to. I'm going to hit it. And I'm going to get what's inside of it. I'm telling you the blinders have been taken off and the candy of heaven. Come on, somebody. You better get ready for some sweetness this week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter. I got four pages of notes. Don't know if we'll get past page one. But we got all week, right? Second Peter chapter one. Let me know when you're there by saying hallelujah. Let's put our eyes on verse one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained. What does obtain mean? You got that thing. To them that have obtained, in other words, I got my wife. I've obtained my wife. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Great thing. Yeah. <laughs> Them, you, you men missed a good place to say, amen, I got my, I obtained mine. Let me say it again, I obtained my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of you saying, I'm trying to obtain her. <laughs> She's a wild one. 
to them that obtain, Chris, like precious faith. Now listen, we're going somewhere this week. And uh, God needs this spoke out. He's chose St. Pete to release this. Uh, I told our people back home after this morning's service to go home and watch this service on the rebroadcast, right? And then I canceled Friday night service that we normally have on Friday nights there and they all are going to live stream. That's how important. I don't cancel services. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, I ca I'm canceling it because I'm preaching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but it says, like precious faith. Now, listen to me real close. Because I, I need, I'm going to lay the groundwork this morning of where we're going. Faith is rare see you all are raised in a word of faith church so you're used to rare see that's why when you get a filet mignon you get it not well done you just ruin the whole steak <laughs> So you want this meat to be rare, see? <laughs> but faith is rare. Now, now, now watch this. That's why you don't fit in. That's why Peter called it like precious faith. What makes something precious is how rare it is. Gravel is not rare. Come on now. But a precious jewel. Come on now. You're not going to find it outside of a, a, a God thing. You're not going to find a, a gold nugget in the midst of gravel. You know, you know what I'm saying. You're gonna have you're gonna have to search for it. You're gonna have to dig deep for it. You're gonna have to mine it, right? And because faith is rare, even among believers. I mean, you probably got some Christian friends, and you you try to uh, you know say something to them in faith, you know, they're sitting there talking about this and that, and you say, well, by his stripes, you're healed, you, you know, you want, no, 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 no. God wants you rich, oh, my goodness, right? Now, now see, you, you, you need to understand the assignment that is on this church. You need, you need to understand how God sent me here years ago. I didn't know what was going to happen here, right? And your pastors were deep in debt. This church was deep in debt. But they had an assignment on their life that they had to choose to follow. They had to choose it. Just because it was a sign doesn't mean it's, you know, it's just we're puppets and it's just going to happen. They had to make it happen once they discovered it. And because of that, uh, I'm, I'm certain they lost members. 
friends, just like I have. Why? Faith is rare. But yet the Bible says without it you can't please God. So, so there's just some rare Christians that are pleasing God. Right? And I made up my mind that I'm going to, whatever I see in that book, I'm going to do it with all of my might. Right? And that got me in all kinds of trouble. My wife and I, when we first got born again, we thought everybody was seeing what we were seeing. Because all week long, we're listening to Dad Tilton, Monday through Friday, an hour show at the farmhouse. Then we go to church, and we just want to tell everybody about it. And, they, and, they, and they're like, uh, you watching that guy? Come on now. Just like some of y'all. The enemy, the enemy tries to keep you separate from your voice. Whatever voice God has set in your life that's going to take you into your destiny, take you into your divine assignment, he works overtime at trying to divide that. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And this year, that whole thing that's been going on this year is an attack against the voice of God. Now, I guarantee you, you know, uh, Pastor Jonathan or Pastor Kim or both have said something that rubbed you the wrong way. Now, just don't just look straight ahead. Don't, don't, man, y'all about ready to light up right there. Hands going up. And... No, no, no. <laughs> just look straight ahead. You don't want to know. <laughs> it was your kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but see, what happened was what they said was the word. And you, and you had to evaluate what inside of you didn't like what was said. See? And they're living it out loud right in front of you. They didn't do it in a corner somewhere. Right? And so faith is rare. Right? Let's go a step further. You want to know something that's more rare? Prosperity faith believers. Faith is rare in itself. Prosperity faith believers, now, you know, it's like Gideon's army. Start out with 32,000 and it just kept dwindling down until we finally got down to the ones that were like, yeah. God before us, who can be against us? Are you following this? And so prosperity faith believers are even more rare than faith believers. But where we're going this week is extremely rare. Extremely rare. It's called paymaster faith believers. That got half of you excited. Well, this will separate the men from the boys right here. And, you know, if, if, if this 
is your first time hearing anything like this or uh, you know you've recently come into the kingdom uh, don't dismiss this as you know this white guy that came in this black church preaching his doctrine listen now listen because I'm going to show you because the first time we heard paymaster was Robert Tilton out at the farmhouse. And we started saying we're debt-free, living in abundance. We're paymasters of the gospel when we didn't have two nickels rubbed together. Now watch this. So I went to church. And I started telling people, we're debt-free, living in abundance. We're paymasters of the gospel. You know what they said to me? Where's that in the Bible? I couldn't show them. But here it is, 33 years later, I can show you <laughs> where it's in the Bible. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paymasters. Now, let, 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 I, I want to set the stage before I, I open this thing up. Money is by far the single most influential tool to either advance the gospel or to hinder the cause of Jesus Christ. You got that on the screen? Can you put that on the screen? Did I send that to you? You ain't got no notes? Oh, wow. You don't, you don't have none of my notes. Devil from hell. Wow. Okay. Uh, hmm. Well, let me, let me say it again. Money is by far the single most influential tool to either advance the gospel or to hinder the cause of Jesus Christ. Money. Somehow, we've let the world convince us that money was evil. No, I'm talking about, I, I, know, I, know, I know you know better. You've been taught better. But I'm talking about believers out there. They just believe that, you know, uh, I was raised hearing uh, money is the root of all evil. When it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. You can have none of it and be in love with it, right? So listen about this paymaster thing. For sake of time, Matthew seven fourteen, Jesus said, Narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Remember that? Now, mainline denominationalism takes that, and they preach, you know, straight as a gate, narrow as a way. I mean, you know, this is a Christian walk. you got this narrow path, you know, and you got to walk, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. If that's the case, is hell going to outpopulate 
Heaven? No, God's not going to be outdone. We're living, there's more people on this planet now than there's ever been before. And God is priming the, the faith paymaster believers to fund this end time harvest, right? And so when he's talking about straight is the gate and narrow is the way, there is a specific way of obtaining that place of being a paymaster and obtaining that life, Zoe, the God kind of life. And there's only going to be a few that find it. Or few that will just go after it. See? Now watch this. Jesus said, the harvest, he said, lift up your eyes and look. The harvest fields are white unto harvest, right? Remember that? Right? He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send laborers into the harvest, right? Remember that? And the laborers are few. Well, that makes it out like there's only a few people telling people about Jesus. That ain't true. Most Christians, you, you, they're out there telling people about Jesus, you like, you like to get them to shut their mouth up. They, they got the cross right, and that's about it. But God put that on you, teach you something, and all that mess, right? So when he's talking about the laborers are few, for this harvest, he's talking about people that are actually going to be used in an influential way to bring this harvest in. Any farmer will tell you that the most expensive time of seed time and harvest is, is, is harvest time. Now, 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 stay with me on this now. Do you have the notes now? Okay. Put that up there then. Money is by far the single most influential. Because the note takers want to jot that down. Because if you think the gifts of the Holy Ghost are, you can have the gifts of the Holy Ghost moving in a garage. When God wants it in a Colosseum somewhere. But the reason you're meeting in a garage is because you can't afford the Colosseum. Come on now. Are, are, you, are you following this? So why do, you, why do you think there's such a battle between the almighty dollar and the almighty God? See, you, you and I really aren't in the ministry of reconciliation until our cup runs over. Most Christians have had their cup run over. Run over by the debt truck. It can't, it can't hold water. Hello? Come on now. See? And so God never intended for us to be paymasters out of what was in the cup. He intended for us to be paymasters from where our cup runs over. Now listen, 
you don't have to wait till your cup runs over to get, start understanding and start operating as a paymaster. That's what we did years ago. Our cup wasn't running over like it is now. You say your cup runs over? Oh, darling, let me tell you. Our cup runs over. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It runs over so much that uh, I, could, I could change somebody's destiny if, if the Lord told, pulled my trigger this morning. <laughs> now watch this watch this put the, put the uh, please uh, put the a paymaster a paymaster definition up there a paymaster is someone appointed by a group of buyers sellers investors or lenders to receive hold and dispense funds commissions, fees, salaries, or other trade, loan, or sales proceeds within the private sector or public sector. Paymaster is, is a well-known word in the world. It's not a known word in the church. The worldly rich has known and operated with, pay, with paymasters for centuries, while the majority of the church has been ignorant about the subject, except we have a church treasurer. But you go out, you get, you get, you get out there into the wicked rich, and you say paymaster, they know exactly what you're talking about. But you go in a church and say paymaster. See? Now, now, hang with me because I'm going to lay this thing out. And the only way you'll leave this morning saying I don't believe that is you just don't believe the Bible. See? Or, listen, don't be so overcome with your financial situation that you disqualify yourself. We begin, as soon as we heard uh, Robert Hilton talk about paymasters, we picked it up. My goodness, we grabbed that thing. And when people would, people would say that, that it's not in the Bible, and, and people would say uh, uh, derogatory things about it, me and my wife, nope. Why? Because it was in my heart to help folk. Come on now. And I'm talking about helping folk way beyond what I could do as a believer in the Lord, right? Now, my wife and I, we heard that, and we made a $5,000 vow to be paymasters. When we didn't have no money. And we paid that thing. Now God can pull our trigger $5,000 all day long. Boom, 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 boom. 
pum, 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 pum. Five thousand. See this? We got to get you past that. We got to get you past that. See, we got we got to we got to break break ceilings this morning. Five thousand dollars ain't no money. Are you kidding me? My goodness, what you gonna do with five thousand? Well, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd go on a cruise. See, that's why that's why you ain't got it. God ain't got nothing against cruises, but you you better be cruising when it's your season. <laughs> uh, we 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 ain't got in this thing yet. Now, I'm talking about being a paymaster. Now, let me just give you some paymaster synonyms to help you out. Treasurer, steward, financial backer, financer, chamberlain, cash machine. I'm a cash machine. Money man. Source, supplier, money bags. Now, this is not what I come up with. These are synonyms that the world has come up with that put in a dictionary. See? Now, follow this because God knows that there has to be just endless finances to to accomplish what he's going to do in an accelerated fashion you know what you know what causes things to happen in accelerated fashion cash money i mean if you got endless if you got endless if the church has endless finances and the world out there wants three million for something that ain't worth but thirty thousand. So what? When Robert Schuler was building the Crystal Cathedral, you talk about a marvel, right? Now watch this. He had to buy all the properties around him. He had to buy all the properties around him. He was buying them for you know a hundred thousand. 200,000, so on and so forth, and got down to one house. And the guy said, I want a million dollars for it. He knew that Robert Schuller needed that to complete it. And his whole staff told him, we ain't going to give no million dollars for that piece of property. It don't embrace for nothing like that. You know, Robert Schuller said, are we going to build this? We got the money. Come on now. Bought that house for a million dollars. Was it worth it? It was worth it to them. See, there are things, there are things we got to get beyond than the appraisal. Thank God for good deals. But we got to get to where we just deal good. Oh, God, you want that? 
We have endless finances. Think about it. Think about if God can get paymasters to rise up. I mean true paymasters. True. It's in your heart. That's all, You know, I understand. I understand that in my church and in this church there are people in there that you, you, you're, you're, you might, you, you ain't, you're like, right. So just sit there and smile and if I say something funny, laugh at it. But the rest of you that understand that the laborers are few and it's such a time as, you know, God, pick, God picks 2020, the year of vision manifestation, when the church up, up in Frankfurt, we got a demon-possessed governor, and we're building phase two in the midst of a, as your pastor says, a pandemonic. God don't care. Right? Right? Okay. Now, let me just give you a few scriptures before I take this thing on home about paymasters. Because if it ain't in the book, you know, if it ain't in the book, you always, well, I don't see it in no book. He, he got everybody excited talking about, you know, uh, he can pull the trigger. Well, you, you're not in my target. Let me just help you out right there. No, no, no. Shoot right over top of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, come on. We're going to put our eyes on stuff you already know. But with paymaster in, in, in our minds. Genesis 12. Now, I'm going to give you three scriptures. Watch this. That I believe imply. Imply, paymaster. You'll have to decide for yourself. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to get past imply, though. Now, in Genesis 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and you shall be a what? Now that, now, now, that implies to me that I'm going to take what God has on me and bless somebody else. I mean, that's, that's how I read that. That's, that's the implied scripture for me. Oh, I, I see there's two or three of you that agree with that. Okay, okay, okay. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians. I know you know all this, but we're establishing something. Because paymaster, even among us faith believers and prosperity faith believers kind of gets lost in the shuffle. 
it's almost like a religious cliche when we're going to find out it's a God assignment. Second Corinthians chapter 9. And verse number 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall what? So you're going to get back what you're putting out. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able... To make all grace abound towards you, that you sometimes, most of the time, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to some work, most of the work. That implies to me. No place in there in Genesis 12, 2 that says paymaster. But it implies to me. No place right here that says paymaster. But it implies to me that God, if I will sow bountifully, if I'll be a bountiful sower, that I'll be a bountiful reaper. How many of you know the ones that reap sparingly can't do this. They can't do this. They can't do this. And bountiful sowing is relevant. Had, had a, a, a lady a partner up with us, TRM partner, and she said, lives in another nation, a, a socialist nation. And she said, uh, Pastor Philip, what we can sow is $2 a month. That's stretching us. Living in a socialist country, but they're hearing the word of life. Wherever, wherever you get, you, you, you locate where you are, and you stretch right there. You stretch right there. If somebody is going to uh, uh, get themselves in shape, you don't go out there and run with the, with the coach that, that can run a marathon. you got to locate where you are. Otherwise, you ain't going to be able to move the next day. You might, you might have to just walk around the track one time, you know what I'm saying? Just see how big that track is. You know? Well, I went around it once. I remember uh, I went running with Elder Fantley, his state champion, his wife, Pastor Elizabeth, state champion, both of them. The records still hold to this day. And uh, he's he going he gonna to get pastor in shape. So we go up to the K State uh, College track up there. And, uh, you know, I was a sprinter. 50 yards, I'm done. But I could blaze 50 yards. But I was done. And so we get out there, and he said, all right, Pastor, uh, you know, we're going to run around this track. I said, well, this is a quarter mile, ain't it? 
said, yeah. So uh, we get running around that thing. I'm choking and gagging, going around, <laughs> go around that first turn, and he's talking to me. in ways that I'm supposed to respond back. And all I can get out is a grunt. <clears throat> we get around there, and then he sits down, starts stretching. I said, what are you doing? He said, that was a warm-up lap. I said, no, that wasn't our warm-up lap. That was my lap. I am finished. Now, now they got me up to six miles. But that tell you what, that was, that, I was done. Right? Right? Come on now. So you, you examine yourself. Locate where you are in the faith and not what's comfortable. What makes you stretch. If you're just looking where you're locating yourself, what's comfortable. Well, you know, we got four, we got four meetings. And you know, and you know how Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan is. He's going to take up an offering every now and then. You know, and, and so uh, let's see, we got the electrical bill right there. And uh, okay. Uh, and see, you're already planning. Well, all them, all them straight-looking stares at me right now, I tell you. See? And a lot of that has to do with fear. Because you're so used to just barely getting by, and God's trying to break that thing. He's trying to sever that thing. To where, you know, you can pull the trigger. <laughs> right? Now, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 seems to me like it implies that I'd be a paymaster. Well, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. You know where I'm going. Verse 17, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. See, we're not talking about you doing without. We're talking about all your needs met, all your wants met, all your desires met, and all you can think about now is advancing the kingdom. I mean, when, 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 when your cup starts running over, running over, not at tax return time, but when your cup runs over, it's astounding what you accumulate. It's astounding what you accumulate. It's like, where did all this stuff come from? See, I remember when I had one suit. And I had one pair of white shoes. And the white shoes I had had a hole in the bottom of it. And 
my white suit, I would change it up. I'd wear the white suit on Sunday when I'd preach. And then during the week, I put the pants on in some kind of sweater. And then on the uh, Friday night service, I put the jacket on over some jeans or something. Trying, trying, one suit. And forget about dry cleaner. I mean, you know, are you kidding me? See? And the whole time we're saying we're paymasters of the gospel. Made that $5,000 vow, and I'm telling you what. In the midst of doubters, in the midst of unbelievers, in the midst of the skeptics, the critics. Come on now. Come on now. If you've ever been around me for long, you'll see my cup running over all the time. Non-stop. Non-stop. You know, you can, you, you can take a cup and put it in the bottom of the sink and turn the faucet on and it'll fill up. As long as you keep that faucet running, it's running over. We're going to get the heaven faucet open now. Come on, somebody. He said that he would open up the heavens and pour out, pour out, pour out a nonstop blessing. Not a blessing here and a blessing there. A nonstop blessing. Every day of our lives, our cups are, are being filled with something. I'm just telling you. Where before, you know, if, 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 if somebody uh, blessed us with something, uh, man, that took care of the electric bill. Praise you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Now we're looking at the next month. You kidding if I even told you our electric bill, how much did it cost? My wife don't even know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Now that implies to me, this implies to me that there's supposed to be some rich folk you ain't talking to the world. There's supposed to be some rich folk that are ready to distribute, ready to communicate. That implies to me paymaster. Knowing the definition of what a paymaster is. See? You following this? Now, the Lord said, you cannot serve 
To what? Now we're talking about being a pay. So apparently, you've mastered money. Money is not mastering you. And because, now Jesus will want to come up with master. Don't, don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a Jesus term, all right? Don't, like, he, like Pastor Johnson was talking about with the slave thing. Don't, don't, don't turn us off with the spiritual truth. Jesus is our master, is he not? We're bond slaves, if you will. We're bought with a price, correct? So when he says you cannot serve two masters, for you will... Love one, hate the other. Hold one, despise the other, right? You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon, money. Correct? Right? So, you know in past teachings that you can make money serve you as you Serve God. So we have mastered money. Money don't tell you what to do. Now this this is important. Money talks. Especially Lack of it talks. But when you start to accumulate, it talks. It tells you, you look good in that. You deserve that. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. I'm all about it. Glory be to God. But you got to be real careful because money is powerful and it wants to make a prison break to get back in your life and master you. I've seen people get out of debt and they're back in debt to this day. Got up and testified back in debt what happened money talking money talking see now to be a pay master means you have to have mastered pay otherwise you become a Judas Judas was Jesus's pay master Follow this. Judas was Jesus's paymaster. But the pay mastered Judas. He went and sold himself out. For what? Money. Money. Now follow this because you can shout all you want to about being a paymaster. But there are, there are some qualifications that you have to conquer, and it's not by passing the charismatic quiz, but it is going to be 
action, test of obedience over and over and over again as you keep climbing the ladder. But I'm telling you, time is short. And God's eyes are running to and fro to see who he can entrust in paymaster with endless finances. Come on now. And there's only going to be a few. But God can save by many or he can save by few. Do I have any few in here? All right. So, We've looked at those three scriptures, have we not? And they all imply a paymaster. Now, let me just take you down memory lane a little bit, set the stage here. When I got born again, I immediately, immediately, started telling everybody about Jesus. And I started a Bible study. I'm only six weeks old in the Lord, something like that. I I start a Bible study in my house. And there was this lady. She worked in the cafeteria when I was a kid growing up. And uh, I was friends with her daughter that was a cheerleader and all that, and she married one of my uh, best friends growing up. And she knew us when we come through the cafeteria, and she was always funny. And she'd give me a little extra french fries, you know. (laughs) And uh, when I got born again, the friend that I grew up with, that I was witnessing to, uh, was moving from one place to another and asked me would I help her move. So I did, and this lady, her name was, is, not was, her name is Rena. Rena comes down where we're moving, and, I'm t- and I, I was a witnessing machine. You're not going to get around me, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, that. And, you know, my, my, my friend is just totally convicted, and his wife, they're convicted. And Rena comes down, and she had just gotten born again. Now, she's probably, uh, I was 29, so she was probably 45, 50 uh, years of age then. And she came in, and she said, uh, Philip, I heard something wonderful happen to you. Well, my goodness, for the next half hour. We're talking about Jesus, and her face is lit up. She is lit up. And uh, she's going to this mainline denominational church, and she finds out I'm having this Bible study. So she comes out uh, to this Bible study. Now, you got to understand, we've got these young, my age, and then there's Rena. And Rena comes in, and she's got her Bible, and she's got her notepad, and she's listening to everything. And she's hearing me say, God said this, and God said that, and God said this, and God said that. And finally, she looked at, 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 at me about after three or four nights of, of Bible study, and she said, I want to hear God like you hear God. So I laid my hands on her. I laid my hands on her. <clears throat> she left that Bible study that night. About ten minutes later, because she didn't live far, 
About 10 minutes later, our phone's ringing. Pick it up, she's excited. I heard God, I heard God, I heard God. I said, what happened? She said, there, there, there was a railroad overpass about 500 yards down our uh, country road that we lived in. She said, I didn't even make it to there, and God spoke to me. So, now hang on now. So, uh, she is, has fallen in love with God, and it's caused a ruckus in her family. It has caused a ruckus, and they think that I'm leading her astray, right? Of course, just like these two, you know, right? And so uh, we sold the farm and shut down the Bible study, and we're living at Mom and Dad's. And uh, the phone rings one day. It's Rena. And she said, Philip, I miss those Bible studies. She said, I go to church, but it ain't the same. I said, well, Rena, I can't handle no Bible study over here. She said, what about over at my house? I said, now her husband ain't saved. Don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus. Right? I said, what about, what about your husband? Oh, we'll have that Bible study. He'll go out. He'll leave the house. <clears throat> I said, okay. So we set up a night. We go over there. We walk in, and she's got all of her sisters in there. And, uh, you know, and they got this table spread, and they got cookies and chips and everything. I'm like, woo, we, I like this Bible study. I feel the anointing. Right? Now, her sisters don't know who I am. And she's been building me up real big. And one of them was pretty religious. And so she's going to shoot down everything I'm saying. So I start in, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways, wonders to perform. I said, where's that? She said, everybody knows that. I said, no, 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 no. This is a Bible study. Where's that? My Bible says that mysteries are to be revealed. Shut her down. Shut her down. And Arena's like, yeah, my Bible says that. <laughs> after, <laughs> it's a true story. After about, after about three or four uh, Bible studies over at Arena's, now all the sisters are like shutting up. And so what they do next is they bring in a preacher. I go in there, and there's this guy sitting there, and, 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 and uh, I'm like, hey, how are you? Oh, this is Pastor so-and-so from such-and-such church. He's going to join us. Well, see, now, now, now I'm under the microscope. I'm preaching miracles, faith, seed time and harvest, right? Same thing that we're doing now. Ain't got no proof of it other than we're born again, right? <clears throat> he sit there, and he was gobbling it up. And first, he's like this. Next thing you know, I, I see him writing a note down. So he started coming, right? 
And I go in there one night, and Rena said, Philip, you've been so good to us that we went out and bought you a Bible. I said, okay. And now, now you, you, you talk about the most precious thing that somebody could give me was, was a Bible. See, I, all I had was the Bible that uh, Mom and Daddy gave me, one of those kid Bibles. And, I, and they gave me a strong concordance when they couldn't answer my questions. And my sister gave me a Vines Expository Dictionary. And then I had a Webster's Dictionary. That was, that, and, 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 and then I found out about highlighters. <laughs> had to believe them in. Right? Come on now. And so to have a Bible. Are you, are you kidding me? Right? Now, I unwrapped that thing, and it says, Philip, this book never meant anything to me until I met the author, your sister in Christ, Rena. Now, 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 uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. No one ain't just coming in here. Because I'm about to unfold this thing now. Rena and that Bible study went on for a few months. And finally, the Lord said, your time there is done. I said, Lord, I love them. They wanted me to start a church. They begged me to start a church. And I said, I can't do that. They said, why not? We get people to come. I said, no, God ain't told me to do that now. And so the last night, I was heartbroken. Because now all these older women now <laughs> and this preacher, I mean, when I get there, I mean, they're just like, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop when, when I'd open up the Word. I mean, they were just gobbling this stuff up. And... uh the Lord says, your time there is done. I want you to move on. I got other things. I said, God, you're going to have to set the stage. You're going to have to set the stage. I don't know how to tell them. So I went in there and uh, having the Bible study. And at the end, I said, oh, no, we we're having the Bible study. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. And as a deacon of the church that we were going to. And uh, he said, I heard y'all having a good Bible study here with Brother Philip. I thought I'd come in and sit in on it. So he comes in. Now, I ain't been saved. Well, I'm a year in the Lord, something like that. I got a preacher over here. I got a deacon from the Assembly of God. <laughs> and four older women. And her husband ain't showing up. She, he, he runs out of there as soon as I show up. I come in the front door. He goes out the back door. We, this, this, this is true. We drove over there on empty. Did The light is glowing in the blazer. That means you ain't got no more time. It's not pulsating. It's not going on or off. That baby is blaring at you. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I sit there and I said, ladies, I love you. And God loves you. And this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do since I've been born again. But God has told me to move on, that he has other things for me to do. And Rena goes, I knew it. We've been talking about it. God ain't going to keep your voice in this little Bible study. We know that. And they pull out a white envelope. You've been coming over here and we've never done anything for you. And here, I wanted to rip that thing open. I just, I'm trying to act cool. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, where's the nearest gas station? And I hope it ain't a check. Because we ain't got no checking account. And that deacon said, God told me to come over here that I was going to take up a, and start a Bible study. He took over where I left off. Right? Now watch this. We get a call from Rena's family. Rena's in the hospital. What? Rena's in the hospital. Double aneurysm. They don't expect her to live. She's calling for you. For me. For you. Now the family, family, they, 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 they don't like this. But she is in intensive care with a double aneurysm, one in the front, one in the back. And she's sitting there when she comes into consciousness, she's saying, get Philip. I want Philip to pray for me. Now, now you got to understand, only one person is allowed to go back there at a time, right, when I show up, and then it's limited. So for me to go back there, that means some of these family members ain't going to get to go back. And I go back there, and Rena, her head is swelled up. I, 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 I can't even hardly recognize her. And I walk in there, and I said, Rena, her eyes pop open. I said, Rena, I'm here to pray for you. And she says, I'll die if it brings my whole family in the kingdom. I said, Rena, 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 Rena. Jesus did that. Jesus did that. Get that out of your head. You're coming up and out of here. And I preached a little message to her, right? Then I laid my hands on her and I commanded those aneurysms to go back, dissolve. And then I walked out. I went out there in the waiting room where all her family's like this. I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. And I walked up to him. I said, do not. And she scheduled, she scheduled for operation the next morning. They said, we got to do something. We can't just let her die. Double aneurysm. One here, one back here. And they're going to they're gonna deal with the, with the front one first. And they're, they're trying to figure out how to do this because she has to lay on her back 
where the other aneurysm is. And so I went up and I said, listen, I just prayed for Rena. Do not let them operate until they x-ray her again. Like this. They told the family there's a 95% chance if she lives, she'll be a vegetable. She'll never work again, never be able to talk. I mean, you know, that's, 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 that's some dismal report. That's an evil report. And... Uh, <laughs> Rena was in my heart. And so I went home. My mom asked me how Rena's doing. I said, she's a heel. Well, Philip, I understand she's a healed. I know, I know that by his stripes we're healed. How's she doing? I said, she's healed. Now, watch this. I went to bed. Three o'clock in the morning I got up. Got on my knees till 7 o'clock, four hours, thanking God for Rena's healing, thanking God that Jesus had taken those aneurysms and she'd live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. At 7 o'clock, the Lord says, done. I got up. Started to do my business around the house. We were living at mom and dad's house at that, that season. And my mom said, uh, you going to call the hospital? I said, no, I ain't going to call the hospital. She's healed. It's a done deal. I know, I know. Uh, you know, uh, she thought she knew, my mom. She didn't know. And so I'm going to, uh, should I stop? No. Okay. And so... <laughs> Just checking, I didn't know because I'm 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 reliving this. And and I got that Bible right there that we're gonna get into here in a minute. And uh my mom couldn't take it. Nine o'clock, she said, Aren't you gonna call the hospital? No. Noon, aren't you gonna call the hospital? No. Two o'clock in the afternoon, aren't you gonna call the hospital? I said, Mom, if you wanna call the hospital, you call. Now watch this, watch this. They cut her from here over to here, and when they opened her up, there was no aneurysm. They stitched her up, and then they're going to x-ray the one in the back, and it's almost completely gone. And by the time uh, 24 hours went by, the, the aneurysm was completely gone. She had this scar all the way across from here. She outlived all of her sisters 25 years later. Leads her husband to the Lord. <laughs> huh? Yeah, she went back to work three weeks later. and They, they said she'd never work again. 
You'll meet Rena when we get to heaven. She just moved there a few years ago. A few years ago. She lived that long. But she gave me this book. It's the first Bible anybody had ever given me. I studied out of it. I would reference it, you know. And then, you know, after we got into computer age and all that, you know, the hard book study Bibles, you just kind of shelve, right? <laughs> Notice it's green. I noticed it. Well, now watch this. In 1996, August, God took me to heaven. You've heard about that. And uh, he told me that he was going to do, to tell, tell these people that he's coming soon, and that he's going to do everything in acceleration, and to go to the 11th hour worker. Remember that? The 11th hour worker, and he would show me something that uh, the body of Christ needs to see. I've taught it here, how the 11th hour worker, uh, you know, the person that owned the vineyard went out the first hour, and they agreed with him with a penny, right? The penny being a full day's work. Remember that? Remember that? And we find out that his... Uh, negotiation was, I'll give you whatsoever's right. The first hour workers wouldn't, wouldn't fall in for that. They weren't falling for that. They, no, we ain't, we, ain't, we ain't trusting you to, that's right, we're not trusting you to do what's right. We know how the world system works, and if I'm going to go out there and put X amount of hours in, then we want X amount of pay. He said, okay. There you go. Go. Then he went out the third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, and he said, hey, you go also, and whatsoever is right. And the Bible says they went their way. It did not say they went into the vineyard. Because they do not show up when it's time to settle the accounts. All you see is the first hour workers and the eleventh hour workers. Right? Right? And the first hour workers, what did they receive? A, a, a penny, a full day's wage. What did the 11th hour receive? A full day's wage. Right? And I brought out here before how, you know, I, 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 I've been in the field. I've, 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 I've brought in I'm, the wagons. And the last hour, all you do in the last hour, you're just trying to beat the sun down. And all you're trying to do is get everything that's been put in baskets, everything that's been cut down, everything that's been waiting to get in the barn, you want to get that in the barn before nightfall. And so all you're doing is driving the wagons. Hey! All you're doing is driving the wagons full of harvest. And you're going to get a full day's pay for that. But here in this Bible, 
that Rena gave me in the very chapter that God told me to look at when I was in heaven. Read verse number 8. To what? The Who? The Don't tell me paymaster ain't in the Bible. Look at look on the screen. That evening he told the paymaster to call the men in and pay them, beginning from the last men until the first. It's one thing to be the 11th hour worker. It's another thing to be the paymaster. It was in this book the whole time. Come on now. You remember, yeah, I taught it here too about the prodigal sons. Sons. The one that wouldn't spend all he had, and one that wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't spend what he had. <laughs> right? Who did the father talk to to say, put the best rope, kill the fatted calf, put a ring on his finger? He talked to his hired servants. And the Bible says, he that serves someone will become a son at length. Come on now. And remember, we're serving God. So when the father turned to his hired servants, remember what the prodigal son said? The hired servants got more than enough and to spare. He knew how they were living. Got any paymasters in here? Okay. So when I discovered this, you know, I got to look into the Greek. All right? Right? You guys okay? So that word in the Greek, when it, you know, in the King James it says steward, doesn't it? Right? Remember we found that synonym for paymaster? One of them was steward, right? So when you read steward in the Bible, it's a paymaster. So you're not in some far-out cult hearing about becoming a paymaster. And don't sit there and think, well, how might this thing be? We don't know. He's going to give you test of obedience. He's going to give you test of obedience. Because here's what happens. When you start obeying God and you start getting into some accumulation, you start 
thing, if, you, if you've not mastered it, if you've not mastered it, listen to me, if you've not mastered it, you get in this little comfort zone. Well, I got 20000 in the bank. 20000 I got 20000 in the bank. Well, hang on, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me locate you. I got $1,000 in the bank. Like you got, and see, to you, that's breathing room. To you, it's like, shh. Take your checkbook out and look at it. Let that sink right now. Let that sink in. The Bible says, let these sayings sink in. See? If I have to make you mad to snap you out of money controlling you, come on now, of money mastering you, see, you're in trouble. But God's raising up paymasters. He's raising up, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's some things on the horizon. So you probably didn't get the pictures I sent, did you? Oh, you did get the pictures? Huh? Hey. Now watch this. I went to Jonathan's ball game the other night. I don't know why I went. For the fellowship, for the fellowship. They got clobbered, Robert. They got clobbered. <laughs> seven, seven runs in the first inning. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> it, was, it was hard to stay quiet. Praise the Lord. Listen, 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 Mama Alberta. Stop, stop. But we're sitting there, we're sitting there, and, and, and Pastor Kim says, look at that. And on the horizon, the sun was setting, and she just started taking pictures, and, and we all said this. We said, I guarantee you, Mom Alberta, because she didn't come to see Jonathan get clobbered. She could. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now watch, watch this. When these two say, "Look at this sunset," they live here, and it was just beautiful red. And Kim's taking pictures. I'm like, "Praise the Lord!" And then we said, "Guarantee you, Mama Alberta's back at the condo. She's taking pictures." And we were right. She was not only taking pictures; she was taking a video. And. Uh, Put up that picture of, of that sunset, please. You see that? Now, it, 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 it's hard to describe through a picture the gold. The gold, right? And it, and it went across the whole skyline like that. We're not seeing that. Mom Alberta's seeing that. So when I come home from Jonathan being clobbered, 
Now I got now I got one of my daughters going like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. She said, Philip, you got to see this sunset. I've already seen it. I've already seen it. We saw it. I said, we saw it. She said, she said, no, you got to look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, okay. What, what? And then she shows me that. And it, a whole, yeah, six-minute video of it and the gold. And when she did, listen, listen. The, the word of the Lord come inside me. And this is what it was. It, it was a prophetic. Didn't the Bible say you'll see signs in the sky? Right? Gold is on the horizon. Gold is on the horizon. Now, now follow this. Follow this now. And so the next day, we're going to Sarasota to meet with Dad Tilton and his family there in Sarasota. And I'm, we're talking about that all the way down to there. Because how I many of you know gold is the very uh, standard worldwide? Worldwide. Everything is based on gold. And we see gold in the Garden of Eden. Good gold. So all the way down there, I was, I was telling Alberta, and we're just excited. She's preaching to me. I'm preaching to her. And I'm, and I'm sitting there saying, honey, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that is God saying gold is on the horizon. Now, we get to the Tiltons. And we go inside, and I'm met by them with this surprise, belated birthday. And they, got, and they, they have a, a gift for me, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm totally overwhelmed. My birthday's back in August. You know, I don't even know that they really knew about it, and so on and so forth. And I was, you know, we just, we... we we get out of the car with this gold thing, right? And we walk in there, and he, he has this birthday gift, him and Maria, and he says to me, he hands me this little package, and I open it up, and I'm like, oh, my. And he said, Philip, a rich businessman had these made for me, and I thought, what can I give my son? That's going to bless him. You see them gold. <laughs> you see them gold cufflinks. Woo! Snuff. <laughs> now, 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 now watch this. Watch this. They're one of a kind. Now, now, I have low end. Gold cufflinks. But the whole point is my, watch this now, is my spiritual father gave me gold. 
24 karat. My spiritual father, anybody catching this? All this is significant. All of this is, and, and see, I already know what I'm preaching on this week. I already know where I'm going this week. But God is just putting his handprint on this thing. I'm here to tell you there is gold on the horizon coming to your house, coming into your life, coming into your family, coming into your hands. Come on, somebody. Shout in here. Something. Now, you do remember that God, Father God, our spiritual father, has says the silver is mine and the gold is mine. That's a gold mine right there. You want, you want to find a gold mine? I said, you want to find a gold mine? See? Now, see, here's the thing. How do we separate ourselves to be this cup running over vessel and live this extreme rich life at the same time? See, you can't, you can't do this without walking with God. Your, your soul ain't strong enough to handle that kind of resources. Because every time God takes you into a new dimension, then you're going to have to pass the test in that dimension of whether you are mastering money or whether money is mastering you. You'll find out as you go up the ladder of being a paymaster that what holds you back more than anything is not the seed you've sown. You've sown seed. It's, have you mastered the next level? You know, they got all these little video games, you know, and you, you go to the next level, and you the next level, the next level. You, you had to master that level before you could go to the next level. See? And the last thing God wants is to lose you and I. Come on now. And so we are in training the few, the few, money marines, the few. Come on now. So now that we discovered paymaster is in the living Bible, well, let's look at it in the Greek, right? And as we look at it in the Greek, we find Strong's number 2012, 2012. Epitropos, a commissioner, a domestic manager, a guardian, a steward, a tutor. Correct? Does that sound like synonyms? Right? Okay. Now let's look. There's only three places in the Bible where this is used. This word is only used three places in the Bible. We've already seen the one. In the very story that the Lord told me when I was in heaven to bring to the body of Christ. <laughs> Woo! 
I was bringing the 11th hour worker and the Lord was saying, would you wake up? There's something greater than the 11th hour worker. It's the paymaster. Come on now. It's wonderful to be an 11th hour worker. It's wonderful to get a full day's pay for an hour's work. But how about being the paymaster? You in the house when they all out there doing that. Oh, uh, it's pay time. All right, all right, I'll take care of it. Here's what a paymaster does. Put up that picture of that paymaster. Maybe take, take some of you back memory lane here a little bit. See that? You remember that? Remember that thing? This is what a paymaster does. He puts a check under there. How much, boss? How much you want over there? Okay, let's get that in there. Hey! <laughs> okay, Luke chapter 8. Let's look where the second place this word's used. Paymaster. Tell me, paymaster ain't in the Bible. There's some false doctrine. Luke chapter 8. Are you in Luke chapter 8? Look at verse 1. And it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Twelve eating, clothing, lodging were with him. And certain women, got any certain women in here? Which have been healed. Got any certain women in here that's been healed? Let's see if you holler on this. Any certain women which been healed of evil spirits? Keep the camera here. We don't want to. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, to whom much is forgiven. The same loveth much. She went from being demon-possessed to being a paymaster. What can God do with you? Now, see, this had to happen in less than three and a half years. She went from demon-possessed 
to being a paymaster somewhere within three and a half years. How long you been in church? Come on now. You women were shouting a while ago now. You ain't getting no shout right there. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. Now, we've gone from one spectrum, low, demon-possessed, some would say prostitute, to Herod's, what? Steward. Joanna... The wife of Chusa, Herod, Stuart, and Susanna, and a few others. <laughs> That's what it says. It says that. It says, Manny. Got any mayonnaise in here? We rightly divide. <laughs> and Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto who? Him of. Now, here we go now. Here we go. Steward, steward there, right? Now, obviously, watch this. Joanna, the wife of Chusa Herod, steward. So she knew what her husband did. She watched how her husband was a paymaster for the highest government official in the land. And when she'd been healed by Jesus, she said, wait a minute here. What King Herod could never do for me in his palace, Jesus did for me. He needs some paymasters. And she just... She just started a paymaster group. Right? Right? And she's recruiting whoever. Mary. She heard Mary testifying. Look at you. What God done? He took me out demon possessed, and now I got all this money coming to me. I tell you what, God is just blessed. Well, come on. Let's go find the master. And they ministered unto Jesus of their substance. Come on, somebody. It took somebody that understood paymaster. 
and how it operated. Jesus already knew it. He had Judas. He already knew it. See? But getting his followers to know it. See? Are, are you guys still all right? All right. Now watch this. The Living Bible says it this way. Chusa was King Herod's business manager. Business manager. Business manager. Joanna learned. What's she doing? Uh, the king wants, wants me to buy all this real estate over here. Got to, I got to run this check down, pay for it. What's she doing today? Ah, uh, he wants a new chariot. Got to go to the chariot dealership, take his check down there. Then that's right. See, we've all been. Mama Alberta saying this. It's, it's not. It's not this steward's money. Now, see, we've all been redistributors somewhere in our life. For instance, you may be visiting somewhere and you, and you wanted to see someone, and because of schedule conflict, you couldn't see them, and you brought them a little gift, and you left it with the person, that, and you said, next time you see so-and-so, give them to it. Oh, yeah, you didn't have no problem doing that. Now, if they told you, uh, 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 I, I thought we'd get to see so-and-so, next time you see them, go out and buy something, you'd kind of like, you didn't tell me to buy something for something. But see, when somebody's already bought it. You have no problem moving it on. Come on, someone. <laughs> we're just this is just the groundwork where we're going this week, all right? Now, so the Living Bible calls that steward a business manager. The TLV calls it a finance minister. You ever heard that terminology? Where you hear it? You hear it in the government. You don't hear it in the church. But you own to. And then the Wycliffe procurator. How do you say that word? Did I say it right? Right? So these are all synonyms of a paymaster. The other place, I don't know if you want to go here, is Galatians chapter 4. You still all right? This will change your life. Galatians chapter 4. Mama Alberta preaches this all the time. Verse 1. 
Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. That word tutors there is the same word used in in uh, Matthew 20 as paymaster in the living Bible and as uh, what we now know paymaster in Luke chapter 8 verse 3. In other words, he's under paymasters. He's being taught how to be a paymaster. This is not for you to inherit and be a socialite. And so the Father has this appointed time, and you're going to be taught what a paymaster is so that when I do put this in your hands, you're not going to damn it up. You're not going to waste it on righteous living. Come on, somebody. You're going to have your cup running over to where I can funnel in and through you millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Am I talking to any paymaster? You see that? What an eye-opener that is. We thought tutors was just, you know, ABCs. Two plus two equals four. We just got to get this little guy educated. After all, he, he needs to know how to do some things, you know. And, yeah, he needs to know uh, the, the father's business and all that. But we didn't realize that tutor is a paymaster. I, I, I share this. I, I, I think I've even shared it here before, but it, it, it comes up. That I, I saw this documentary years ago about this uh, billionaire couple that it was their son's birthday. And for uh, the birthday present, they gave him a brand new Bentley. And it was a test to see where he was at, right? And he went out and wrecked it. And, he, and, and they said, okay. Now we know where you're at. You have no respect. You have no understanding of value. And so uh, you ain't getting nothing. Now, here's your little station wagon drive around till you can prove that you own. Hello? That, that spoke to me. That spoke to me. Now, see, we're sitting here with a Bentley, like, wow, Bentley. You went out and wrecked a Bentley. To them, you went out and wrecked a car. Yeah, that's just the, where, they, where, where, where the billionaire was living. Right? Are you following? We got, we, got to get, we, we got to get ourselves up there now. See? And so uh, it says here that the heir, as long as he doesn't understand he's supposed to be a paymaster. Come on. Do we see that God's blessing on our lives is not to be just uh, enjoyed 
but it is to be transferred. It is to be imparted. It is money is the most influential tool to advancing the kingdom. When we gonna wake up? We're trying to get money for a TV program. Lord saying, I want you to have a TV station. Come on now. Now I say that there, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, though be Lord of all, but is under paymasters and governors until the time appointed. The Living Bible says he has to do what his guardians and managers tell him. My goodness. Let me find a way to close here this morning because we ain't even through page two. Where do you want me to stop? Okay. All right. Okay. Got it. Let me give you two things. And, and, and what I'm about to say don't ever forget. Ever. Two paymaster development requirements. Number one, the development of a financial generous heart. The development of a financial generous heart. It's called compassion. My wife, my goodness, we were driving along, me and Jonathan's preaching to each other, and all of a sudden she's in the back seat. She said, give that, give that woman something. Whoa, 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 what? Roll down the window, and she, you know, got the little sign out, and give her something. She's always like that. Give her something. So I pulled out a $20 bill, you know, and oh, my goodness, you know, it's, it's like we gave her a million dollars, right? Well, Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan went, went beyond that. Here, here's the church. Come to church. Because that twenty dollars is gonna come and go. Right? Right? And he's looking at the soul. See? So both things had her attention. I expect her to walk in here this week. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on now. The development of a financial generous heart, compassion. Now watch this. Here's the second thing. The development of a financial obedient heart, command. These are the two things that you have to be sensitive to. Compassion and command. Compassion is what moves your heart when you see a situation and you know you can do something about it. 
command is what God told you, whether you think you could do something about it or not. And here's what happens. People are more familiar with compassion than command. So when God is trying to, get, to command, they're saying, I don't feel that. Because they're, they're looking for like this compassionate move. There's some things that God will tell you that will command you. And you're like, really? I just got that. Doesn't belong to you anymore. Paymaster. Well, that didn't empty my account. Don't belong to you, paymaster. God, see, there's going to be a time we ain't never going to have to empty our accounts anymore. We're never going to have to give away all that we have anymore. But there was time and time and time again when we were learning to hear the command. Anyone can operate out of compassion where your heart just is, is, is being tugged on it for somebody. But it's the command when you ain't feeling nothing. And God said, write that $1,000 check and give it to sister so-and-so. And I learned them, I, you know, I'd like to say I was obedient 100%, but I wasn't. And boy, I tell you what, when you don't obey those commands, you still got to get in front of God. And the Lord told me to give that lady $265, and we probably had... 500 to our name. It was just going to just rock our world. We got rent coming up, electric bill, all that, all that stuff. And, and instead of recognizing, well, this is a test. It's only a test for the next 60 seconds. And your soul is going like this. Emergency broadcast system. You were right in the middle of that program. And all of a sudden, they interrupted that. You were right in the middle of your life. And God just interrupted that and said, okay, paymaster in the making. Paymaster, come on, somebody. You shout when we talked about paymaster. But when you see the qualifications... Now you find out why there's only few. Well, there's an anointing in here right there. Give that lady $265. I didn't do it. You know how you just you, you get over in your reasoning, your logic. And then you're paralyzed miserable. And you're trying to read the Bible and it ain't saying nothing to you. You have to go to all the highlighted things and try to, try to act like it's saying something to you. Got your highlighters out like God's saying something to you. Trying to fake your own, fake, that's fake news. What's God telling you? Oh, look here, wait a minute, what God, and no, that ain't what God's telling you. God told me to give that, two, that lady $265. Now, see, now I give out $265 all day long, 
Don't get mad at that. I'm telling you how it works. And we're not satisfied where we're at. Now, after a few days, you've heard me talk about this before. After a few days, I went back to God and I said, God, okay. I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. And, and you know, the Bible says, if you be willing oh, and obedient, right? And I went back to God and said, okay, God. I'll give that lady $265. And what he said to me, Chris, rocked my world. He said, no, Philip, I found somebody that would obey me. I said, that'll never happen again. I, could, I, could, I, could, I couldn't repent enough times. That day. I know I'm right since God in Christ Jesus, but that day I repent and repent. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. See? Why? If you go, I mean, think about it. How many of you want to be blessed to be a blessing? So it's not, it's not this windfall that comes on you and you got so much money you don't know what to do with it. It's not how it works. But there is these tests of obedience and the compassion one usually we decide how much that is. The command. The command. He decides what that is. Come on, somebody. Mama Albert in the back seat, give that, give that woman something. Well, compassion. I've decided what? I've decided. No, not $10, $20. You know. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> Probably so. No, 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 no. Understand. Those are nice looking shoes. Understand that uh, sparklies, Cinderella. Understand now, when he commands, when he commands, he's not a subtractor. He's not taken from you. And there will be a time when whatever he commands, you will have plenty in store to do what he commands, and you're just going to watch your barns be filled with plenty. It's getting to that place. And I'm telling you, there's gold on the horizon. I wish I had somebody in here that believed this this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever he saith unto us. See? See? You catching this? Now that's the groundwork. Don't let anybody tell you that paymaster is not in the Bible. Don't ever, don't ever, when, when somebody says, oh, right. Because we had it said and it shut me down. And the whole time Rena had given me the Bible that had it in there and I'm like, God takes me to heaven and says, go study the 11th hour worker. Well, not in the living Bible. Missed it. 
I missed it. See? But not no more. Mm-mm. Not no more. You see your pastors? They're doing this already. They probably don't broadcast everything they do. But they're doing it. I'm talking doing it. See? So, the development, you're under paymasters. Now, now listen to me. I'm a paymaster. Mom Alberta is a paymaster. 43 cars now. She just bought one of our daughters in the faith a car, a nice one. I just bought one of our daughters a car, a nice one. We just gave 20000 again into Operation Faith just because we can. Didn't break us a bit. God won't let us be the rich preacher that builds faith too, just like he won't let me be the white preacher that comes in Remember when y'all were in debt here? I could have done something about all that. No, 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 no. Are you following what I'm saying? You didn't want that stigma. See? See? Are you seeing this? How many of you would like your cup to run over like never before? Really? I mean, really. I mean, really. This week... This week, we're going to dive down. You're going to be sitting under a tutor. You're going to be sitting under a paymaster. You're going to be sitting under somebody at my level. And I don't think there's anybody in here that is at our level. You might, you might have more money than me. Probably not. But you might have more money than me, but you are on a paymaster. And there's things that you need to hear and absorb and learn in an accelerated fashion because I'm telling you, gold is on the horizon. Somebody shout this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's going to do some unexplainable things. See, unexplainable. Come on now. I come in here this morning. Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Kim got some envelope just weighing my coat down like this right here while I'm preaching. I'm I'm having to make adjustments. They put a seed in my hand. Before, Before we even come out here. See? I'm going to brag on your pastors. They sent $5,000 to Operation Faith. That's what your pastors did. A couple months before that, I come home. 
There's a check. $10,000. This is the same pastors that when I first came here and they heard the $1,000 challenge, it about choked the life out of them. Now they're debt free. Come on now. And they are walking this thing out. They're living this thing out loud. Somebody understand what's going on in this church. There's a divine assignment. Those of you watching by television, Faith Victory Church, wake up. This is our hour. This is our time. There's gold on the horizon. Hey. Father, thank you for utterance this morning, for getting this thing started. And what you start, you finish. You're the author and finisher of our faith. There are people here that have given out a compassion and given out a command. There are many here that have sown in tight times and they haven't yet seen, seen their cup filled up, much less running over. This week, this week, And let your word come forth in a way that everyone understands it. Corrections can be made. Instructions can be received. A new dimension is realized. Lord, we know that you do not want to lose any of us. And you know the power of money left uncontrolled. Teach each and every one of us how to master money, to be paymasters, so that we can show our gratitude in advancing the kingdom. There are lives that are lying in the balance between heaven and hell that are dependent upon our financial responsibilities. Too much given, much is required. You know who you want to reach and how you want to reach them. Raise up paymasters in this church, in my church, in the TRM partnerships and those who are watching around the world wherever they may be raise up the few that'll come on the scene and do unexplainable financial feats unexplainable healing feats 
that causes the world to take notice. Lord, I just have to believe that what I've said you will take and you will break that bread from heaven and multiply it in the lives and the minds and hearts of these your precious people. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Pastor Jonathan. Amen.